I must start this latest episode of Richard Bay Talk with a big thank you. A big thank you to all of you who remembered my birthday last week. I was inundated, swamped with messages and uh, phone calls. And even Albert Reynoso, the producer of this show, sent me a, an inspiring birthday message. Thank what you mean so even? much. I do every year. <laughs> Oh, right. By the way, I think it may have helped that you mentioned it several times on the podcast <laughs> last week. So. Yeah, that, 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 that might have had something to do with it, but yeah. I heard from so many people. The actress who played Gertrude when I played Hamlet contacted me, and we had a long oh. conversation over the years uh, about theater, about remembrance. I mean, uh, oh, who uh, there were just so many high school friends. So many old high school friends popped up. Uh, it was, it was, and telephone calls from people from drama school, the, you know, the, some of the actors that I went to drama school with called me. So it was really, even though I was all by myself in Boca Raton, it didn't feel like I was by myself. And thank you so much for uh, remembering the day for me. Um, all right. So, uh, as I said, some of my friends from Far Rockaway High School, uh, where I grew up, uh, contacted me. And I've always said I went to five different universities, but the best teachers I ever had were in Far Rockaway High School. I mean, I had a drama teacher who took money out of his own pocket and, and took me to the theater. I had a uh, poetry teacher uh, who walked around the room reading poetry in his mellifluous voice to all of the students. I had a writing teacher uh, who praised my writing and inspired me to go on and want to write. I mean, the teachers were just so committed and wonderful. And I had a, I had a wonderful social studies teacher, which was uh, Mr. Arnes. Oh, Mr. Kosky. That was in actually junior high school, I think. Mr. Kosky one day said, I'm going to come in tomorrow and I'm going to be a communist. So try to, he was a big heavy set guy, try to think of questions to ask me as a communist, and I will answer you as a communist. So we all came up with different questions. My question was, if communism is so great, why did you have to build the Berlin Wall? And I still remember his answer. We built it to keep uh, American spies out of East Germany. Well, one of the students in the class, Ivan Chesler, grew on the blackboard behind him a set of horns. And as he spoke, he said uh, he would go, bull, bull. <laughs> so anyway, that was Mr. Kosky. But one thing that they left out throughout high school was really a discussion of slavery. Now, the things I remember most about the discussion. There was never any discussion of the enslaved people and what they went through and uh, and how the revolts and how they tried to escape uh, and uh, the the, uh, the the how many uh, how many Africans died in the Middle Passage. We didn't hear about the massacres in Tulsa and Rosewood and other places of African American communities. No, we didn't hear about that. But the two things that really have stuck in my member, uh, memory are the pictures of this man. Take a look. Now, that is Thaddeus Stevens. 
And he was portrayed as one of these terrible, radical Republicans who wanted to punish the South, and they ravaged the South. And look at that face. Oh, my God. He could have been in uh, under the mask in Friday the 13th, huh? I'll never forget that face. And yet when I saw Lincoln and I found out that he spent most of his life fighting slavery and that he fought Andrew Johnson and led the impeachment of the president who uh, supported the Confederacy, he didn't support the Confederacy, but he supported all the Southern states during Reconstruction who tried to um, delay the emancipation of African Americans. And uh, remember, Tommy Lee Jones played him in the movie. This man was a, was a great American. He was a great humanitarian. He was a great hero. <laughs> At the very end of the movie, See that big head of hair? His toupee falls off, and you see that he's in bed with a black woman who was his housekeeper and was rumored to be his love interest for a good deal of his life as he was in the House of Representatives. All right, and then the second thing that has always stuck with me, no, it wasn't the picture, which I, I didn't see until much later in life, of of a black man with the stripes of the whip across his back. It's a horrifying picture. Uh, we've probably seen it now, or, or uh, uh, parents and children separated on the slave block. No, it was this picture, a cartoon from the press at that time of a carpetbagger. These were people who came down from the north in such a hurry, they didn't even have bags. They just took a carpet and latched it together and came down to loot the south and steal everything that they had. I mean, who wrote the curriculum for New York City high schools at that time? Margaret Mitchell? <laughs> I should also offer this. Uh, Thaddeus Stevens, the person I just showed you before, he tried to push through a plan that would confiscate the land of the 70,000 largest landowners in the South, the plantations, and divide them up and give them to blacks as, as individual farms that they could own. What a different country we would have lived in if, if, if Reconstruction had really um, gone on to its uh, logical end, the emancipation of African-Americans. No, but that didn't happen. Well, as I said, who could teach high school like that? Well, here's an answer. Ron DeSantis, who was a high school teacher and is most famous for uh, the picture Donald Trump put out of him partying with high school girls while he was a teacher. He was a history teacher at a high school. But something else you may not know is that he was mocked by the students because he said slavery had nothing to do with the Civil War. That uh, it was all an economic war between the North and the South. And that uh, the issue was not the subservience of African Americans. I guess I guess he didn't teach this speech by the vice president of the Confederacy. It's known as the cornerstone speech for secession. 
Our new government foundation rests upon the great truth that the Negro is not equal to the white man, that slavery, subordination to the superior race, is the natural and normal condition. Our newest government, the first in the world based upon this principle and upon this great philosophical and moral truth. Oh, yeah, it had nothing to do with slavery, Ron, or very little to do with it. Well, I guess it's no surprise that uh, the Florida school curriculum under Ron DeSantis has been changed now to discuss slavery. Now, uh, slavery was in part a, a beneficial job training program for blacks. It was sort of an antebellum version of community college. Um, and also that black Americans shared the blame for the violence when white mobs descended upon their communities and uh, burnt them to the ground and lynched the residents. No, oh, they both were to blame. It, was, uh, it wasn't really racism. Um, so Ron DeSantis <laughs> has been asked about this, you know, during this past week. This was one of his responses. Florida guideline in terms of new educational standards, a component of which says, and I'm quoting, slaves develop skills which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. Governor DeSantis, who signed a law requiring changes in how race be taught in schools, said this was all written by scholars. Here's exactly what he said. I didn't do it and I wasn't involved in it, um, but I think um, I think what they're doing is I think that they're probably going to show um, some of the folks that eventually parlayed, uh, you know, being a blacksmith into into doing things later later in life. Oh, oh. And when they teach the Holocaust, uh, they'll be uh, instructing these young students that many Jews sharpened their accounting skills while they worked for Oscar Schindler. And uh, the slave labor that was in the uh, V2 rocket factories helped people learn valuable skills that they could transfer as factory workers in the future. Ron DeSantis, I had nothing to do with this. I mean, what's next? You know, they, uh, there's been a big controversy because you can't sing the rainbow song that Dolly Parton wrote and sang with Miley Cyrus because it's a song of inclusivity. Uh, and that uh, one teacher was fired, actually, for having the children uh, sing this song. Uh, but no, that's verboten. But next, in Florida schools, when they have a school sing, they'll be singing this Randy Newman song called Sail Away. In America, you'll get food to eat. You won't have to run through the jungle and scuff up your feet. You'll just sing about Jesus and drink wine all day. It's great to be an American. Ain't no lion or tiger, ain't no mamba snake. Just the sweet watermelon and the buckwheat cake. You'll be as happy as a monkey in a monkey tree. Climb aboard, little wog, and sail away with me. Sail away. 
sail away. We will cross the mighty ocean into Charleston Bay. Yeah, that'll be the new song that they sing in, in Florida schools now. Now, um, DeSantis, you know, I, I, I had a, a really mean-spirited, um, hateful program director at one time, but he did teach me one thing. He said, in reference to bringing something up that had passed, don't scratch at a scab. Don't try to remove it. It will heal. But if you scratch it, it'll just get worse. Ron DeSantis keeps scratching the scab. Listen to this. It was the American Revolution that caused people to question slavery. No one had questioned it before we decided as Americans that we are endowed by our creator with unalienable rights and that we are all created equal. Then that birth abolition movements. So you can't teach history that's being used to pursue an ideological agenda. Uh, yeah, but there were plenty of countries, even in the Western Hemisphere, that banned slavery far before the United States. Uh, Haiti, non-surprisingly, was the first country to ban slavery since uh, most of the residents there had been former slaves. There is a slew of South American company, uh, countries that banned slavery before the United States. Um, the United Kingdom banned it in 1834. Greece banned it. So, yeah, yeah, Ron DeSantis. Yeah, there were some pretty words there, but... Um, they really, um, I, I, I don't think they inspired um, uh, the United Kingdom to ban slavery 30 years before the United States did. In 1845, Florida became a slave state of the United States. And guess what? There were more slaves in Florida or about equal to the number of other people. They were working on cotton plantations and sugar plantations, you know, perfecting their skills so that when they got freedom, they, they knew how to pick the cotton, right? All right. Now, maybe some of you read this article yesterday in the New York Times, but I was going, finally, here, where is it? DeSantis' flip on vaccine uh, had steep cost for Florida. And it's a pretty fair article because they do praise DeSantis for his uh, actions on allowing in-person teaching in schools. They do say that in, in the first part of the year um, when COVID hit, he was very supportive of uh, the masking and, the, uh, and, and when the vaccines came, uh, he was supportive of that. But then he turned, once we got hit with the Delta variant, which was, you know, I think even more deadly than the first, um, uh, he started to turn away from vaccines and turn and, and shut down testing centers and uh, not endorse the use of these vaccines. Well, uh, the Lancet, which is one of the most estimable medical journals in the, uh, you know, in the world, said that, um, well, what? Florida vaccinated about 60% of its adults during Delta. In New England, they had 74%. 
And Lancet postulated data that said, if Florida had had 74% vaccination rate like New England, it could have prevented more than 16,000 deaths and more than 61,000 hospitalizations that summer during the Delta wave of COVID. And that's the medical journal, The Lancet, which is the uh, apex of uh, of medical investigation. Um, in fact, the the health commissioner of Florida resigned uh, because of the turn that DeSantis took. His name was Scott Rivkus, who was a doctor. And he said, um, these were preventable deaths and it's just heartbreaking what happened after I left my office. It's so sad, it's so sad. Um, during the Delta wave, um, Florida, which has 7%, of the nation's population had 14% of the deaths. But it ain't over yet. There are five counties in Florida, take a look at this, who want to get the vaccine banned. Yes, they've called the COVID shots bioweapons. And this is what they have found. Strong and credible evidence has recently been revealed that COVID and COVID-19 injections are biological and technological weapons. An enormous number of humans have died or been permanently disabled by the vaccines. The government agencies have committed a more uh, enormous fraud and they're calling on DeSantis to ban the sale and distribution of the vaccine and all related vaccines, whatever that means, and Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody, they're asking her to seize all the remaining remaining doses of the vaccine in the states. I have that's five of these Florida counties. They're calling for making the COVID vaccine illegal. Now, I've had what four shots, I guess, you know, uh, the boosters I've had. And I'm waiting until the fall. They're coming up with a new uh, a booster that uh, can ameliorate, the, uh, ameliorate the, the effects of the latest COVID variant because it has changed. Now, the, the, um, the DeSantis campaign during this period of time, started telling, selling these T-shirts. Take a look at this. Don't Fauci my Florida. That was the campaign selling these T-shirts. No wonder we had such a, a low rate of vaccination. And DeSantis has initiated a grand jury investigation of Pfizer and Moderna to investigate their misconduct. I've always said the problem with the COVID epidemic was not that it was deadly, but that it was not deadly enough. Imagine if it had been like the Black Plague and we had all, all these ignoramuses coming out with their declarations. Now, here's a picture of me and my dad and a radio talk show host called Dick Farrell. Do we have that? There we are. He is the jolly guy in the... Uh, 
Hawaiian shirt with the mustache, and my parents loved him. He was about as right-wing as you can get on the radio. He was a local broadcaster. And um, we used to go with him to his early bird specials uh, because he would invite all his listeners. That's how he really made his money. Uh, he would get advertisers from restaurants, and then he would tell his listeners, come and eat the early bird special. I can't tell you how many times I had early bird specials you know, at, uh, at dinner with Dick Farrell. And even though he was extremely right-wing, uh, we were friends. And he was on the radio telling people that COVID was a hoax, that the vaccine was part of a conspiracy. I don't know what it was supposed to do to people, but it was a government and medical and pharmaceutical conspiracy. And then he got COVID. And he was lying in a hospital bed on a respirator shortly before his death when he apologized and said, please tell everyone to get the vaccine. COVID is real. COVID is dangerous. And he passed away. I don't know. Maybe he was listening to Governor DeSantis. All right. Now, Oh, did I leave out that uh, video of, uh, uh, I guess I did. I left out the video of. Uh, we still have it. Uh, that's of uh, DeSantis ta tackling the major problems of Florida. Yes. Launching an inquiry uh, about Bud Light and InBev. And it could be something that leads to a derivative lawsuit uh, filed on behalf of the shareholders of the Florida uh, pension fund. Uh, we believe that when you take your eye off the ball like that, you're not following your fiduciary duty uh, to do the best you can for your shareholders. All right. So Florida, we have home insurers leaving the state in droves. We have incredible heat waves that are shattering records for heat in Southern Florida. Uh, we have the fourth uh, highest auto insurance in the country. We have a housing crisis, but he's going after Bud Light. They always have to have some bet noir to excite their people. And this week, um, you, you, you know, you've heard about it. What do they call it? Uh, Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer is the uh, release of Barbie and the movie Oppenheimer over the same weekend. And um, <laughs> the conservatives now, almost as ridiculous as this Bud Light thing, they're concentrating their fire on poor little Barbie. Now, it all started with Matt Gates and his wife, Daisy. Here they are. Uh, attending the Barbie premiere, oh, oh both wearing wink, uh, uh, wearing uh, uh, pink. Now, um, Mrs. Gates there came out and organized her follow followers and said, "Don't, don't take your kids to see this. Don't see this. It's not about family values. They've destroyed Barbie." There's a pregnant doll in there, and they don't treat the pregnancy with respect. And uh, she says, I recommend that you don't go see this. So she 
what did Billy Joel said, we didn't start the fire. She started the fire. And the rest of the right-wing uh, biosphere jumped on board. You will see here uh, Fox uh, and Friends. You'll see <laughs> Ben Shapiro. Oh, my God, what he does to Barbie is incredible. And, yes, 10 Cruz. It's a communist conspiracy. Take a look at this clip. Moms should go see it themselves first Fair and enough. then decide. I think that's because I, I personally am very upset. I love Barbie. There yeah. are, like, probably 100 Barbies in my house that <laughs> passed on through the years that, that all my girls play with. And this movie was made by a bunch of joyless feminists who actually hate Barbie. <laughs> so that's the problem for I have with it. That could be a problem. Um, <laughs> what the f Run. I'm, I'm the dad of two young daughters. This is, you know, going to be a big movie, particularly for a lot of young girls. There's a scene in Barbie where, where there is this map of the world, and it, it's drawn like with crayon. I mean, it's really a very simple cartoon. And so they have this blockish thing that is called Asia. And then they've drawn what are called the nine dashes, which is this is Chinese communist propaganda. Yes, Barbie is Chinese communist propaganda you knew you know when you have these two movies released and if somebody asked me beforehand which movie would raise right-wing ire i would have said oppenheimer i mean the guy was accused of being a commie sympathizer um he was he wanted arms control he he, he if not regret he had a lot of conflicted feelings about being the man who headed the Manhattan Project to develop the atom bomb. So I would have think, oh, this is unpatriotic, and look at him. They're uh, iconizing a, a, a commie sympathizer like Oppenheimer. But no, it's Barbie who's the commie sympathizer. <sighs> That's a head-scratcher. All right. So finally, um, you know, we've talked a bit about racism and about uh, slavery and about uh, white uh, superiority, uh, you know, to uh, other races. Well, in 1988, I interviewed a guy called J.B. Stoner, who was a member of the Ku Klux Klan and had started his own racist organization. And... Uh, you know, don't let his outfit fool you. He ran for lieutenant governor of Georgia and got 10% of the vote. But of course, Lester Maddox, who chased a black man out of his fried chicken restaurant with a hatchet or what was it? A, a part of a kitchen utensil. He was actually elected governor. So this guy, J.B. Stoner, uh, He's not as innocent as it appears. He did. He was convicted of arson of a black church at one time and served three years in prison for it. But, you know, you'll hear echoes here. Uh, you know, I laughed at this guy. But I don't know whether he's any crazier than some of the white supremacists we're hearing about today across the country or even Marjorie Taylor Greene 
with her Jewish space lasers causing forest fires. So here is my interview with J.B. Stoner. My guest this morning is proud to promote racial disharmony. He's proud to promote anti-Semitism. These are some of the carrying cards that announce his organization. Praise God for AIDS. White power. Love the white. White power. His name is J.B. Stoner. At one time, he was a member of the Ku Klux Klan, the anti-Jewish party. Now, he is promoting an organization that he calls Crusade Against Corruption. And they promote what he calls white power. He also says AIDS is part of God's plan to rid the world of blacks, Jews, and gays. All right, most people wouldn't be proud of their racial bigotry. You are. Why? Well, I don't know whether you would call it bigotry or not, but I love the white race. The and what do you feel the, about the black race? The, uh, the, do, you, the, do you hate the black race? I don't hate anybody. You don't but hate I, I, anybody? I believe in self-preservation of the white race. All right, and how do you feel towards the black race? Well, I think that they're uh, crime-prone, violence-prone, and that we cannot have law and order and blacks, too. Well. <laughs> if you compare what blacks are made of biologically and whites are made of are we are we not all human beings or are, are there are there genetic differences biological differences between us there are many biological differences up until 1956 the encyclopedia britannica spelled out many of the differences between uh, whites and africans it said that uh, the blacks uh, or negroes as it said in the encyclopedia britannica are closer to the anthropoid apes than the white people in every respect except one, that being that white people have hair, whereas uh, blacks have on their uh, heads and bodies uh, a substance that is like wool and that can be felted like wool. That's what the Encyclopedia Britannica said until Jew organizations like the Anti-Defamation League and American Jewish Committee had such truthful statements purged out of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Well, certainly if they had an Encyclopedia Britannica in 1491, it would have said the world was flat as well. As we progress in civilization... <laughs> Well, hopefully we do progress. Let me ask you this. You're not a very hairy man, but I am. Am I closer to the apes than you are? Because I have hair on my body? In which the Encyclopedia Britannica said that we're closer to the apes. In every other respect, it said they were, that the blacks are closer to the, to the apes, to the anthropoid apes. Well, you're still reading an encyclopedia that was published in 1956. Why well, don't you was, wake up? It's 1988. Well, the, the, in the, in the meantime, the Jew money power with its Jew uh, power structure has gained much p more power, and so they can just censor anything they want out of any book. The, Jew, the Jew money power. Is yes, Ronald sir. Reagan Jewish? Is Michael Dukakis Jewish? Is uh, George Bush Jewish? Well, of course, uh, Michael Dukakis has a Jewish wife, and of course, you couldn't have a... <laughs> he, and she's the real power behind the Democratic well, Party. Jew, and of course, when it comes to Ronald Reagan, you couldn't have a, a man in the White House that's more for Jews first and America last than Ronald Reagan. Oh, he, boy, he, this he's, is... He's, like, he, he, he's even uh, more pro-Jew than Jimmy Carter, and Jimmy Carter was bad enough. Okay, why, why would Ronald Reagan be pro-Jewish? 
Well, he's a product of a Jewish industry, the moving picture industry. The, the movies in Hollywood are a Jewish industry. Uh, I've read it in Jewish publications that uh, Hollywood is a Jewish industry, and it is. I would suggest that you go to the Jewish garment industry and get a new bow tie and get a new jacket. <laughs> Well, I, I have a big right. Confederate flag bow tie, but uh, it was misplaced, so I wasn't able to wear it. How, how, are, how are Jews and blacks, uh, are they any way connected uh, biologically or uh, politically? Well, of course, in the United States, you have the Jew money power that dominates politics. And uh, they control, the Jew money power controls three block votes. The Jew block vote, the black block vote, and the queer block vote. You mean the, you They're mean the, allied against us white people. Jews control the black vote. This will come as a big surprise to Jesse Jackson, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really thought that I would come out here and you would make me very, very upset and I'd be very angry and I thought you were very dangerous. Well, but I just think you're funny. The, the, <laughs> they, it was... Now, that was old-style racism, homophobia, and anti-Semitism. It was very direct and, uh, in some re respects. It, it, you know, it, it, it wasn't funny because it had real-life consequences. But I would refer you to the words of Lee Atwater. Lee Atwater was, a, uh, at the top of his game, a Republican consultant. He came up with the Willie Horton ad. He worked for George Bush. And he said in an interview these words. You start out in 1954 by saying, and I won't say the word, but he did, N-word, N-word, N-word. By 1968, you can't say N-word. It hurts you. It backfires. So you stay, say stuff like forced busing, states' rights, and all that stuff. And you, now you're getting a little bit abstract. Now you're talking about cutting taxes and all these things you're talking about are totally economic things and a byproduct of them is that blacks get hurt worse than whites. We wanna cut this, we wanna cut that. It's much more abstract than even the busing thing. And it's a hell of a lot more abstract than N-word, N-word. And erasing the civil rights struggle of African-Americans and banning uh, books about the little girl who, you know, integrated the schools for the first time or Rosa Parks or actually insinuating that slavery wasn't all that bad. The blacks learned things when they were slaves or not teaching people that slavery in this country existed as an economic and political policy longer than many other nations in the world. No, we don't teach kids that. No, that's a lot more abstract than N-word, N-word. That's where we are. And where I am is the end of the podcast. So I want to thank you for listening and also, uh, Please share it if you can and tell people about it if you like it. Don't tell them about it if you don't like it. <laughs> and I'll be back, uh, well, probably next week, as always.
to all of you, all my best. Take care. 